Do you ever get tired of waiting for God to work in your life? Maybe you've been praying and praying and praying and asking God to do something, and you're just tired of waiting on God to answer and to do that thing. Instead of waiting for God's right time, for Him to use you in a special way, then you might try to work out things for yourself. Maybe you even tell others about how wonderful you can do something. Our memory verse today tells us that it's important to keep waiting for God to do things when it's the right time because God knows when it's the right time. Our memory verse is found in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. 1 Peter 5, 6. 1 Peter is found in the New Testament part of the Bible. It was written by one of the disciples that Jesus called. His name was Peter. 1 Peter is near the back of the Bible. Our memory verse is found in chapter 5 of 1 Peter and verse 6. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. 1 Peter 5, 6. When it says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that means to see yourself as God sees you and obey him or give in to God's rule in your life. Submit to him. The second part of the verse says that he may exalt you in due time. When you humble yourself and allow God to rule in your life, he will honor you. He will exalt you. That means he will honor you. And when does that happen? It happens in due time. That means in God's good time. God knows when it's the right time to honor you or to exalt you or lift you up, to give you praise and honor. God wants you to humble yourself before him and he will exalt you when it's the right time. He will honor you when it's the right time. God knows what the right time is. When the verse says in due time, that means in the right time, in God's good time. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. 1 Peter 5, 6. God will exalt you. He will honor you if you are humble before him. If you've called on Jesus as your Savior from sin, this is a command for you. This memory verse is a command that you and I need to obey. You and I need to be humble and accept God's authority in our life. He gave you parents, guardians, teachers to help guide you. Be patient and God will exalt you. He will honor you in his time. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. 1 Peter 5, 6. Remember that humble yourself under the mighty hand of God means to see yourself as God sees you. And then he will exalt you or honor you when it's the right time. God knows what the right time is. God cannot help you to be humble until you have called on Jesus to save you. Today, you can do that. You can call on Jesus to save you 
from the punishment of your sin. 1 Peter 5, 6 Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. 1 Peter 5, 6 The messenger came stumbling into the city unannounced. Nobody knew he was coming. Everyone stared in shock at his appearance. He looked exhausted. His clothes were torn. Dirt covered his head and was all through his hair and his beard. David was surprised when he saw this messenger. In their culture, a messenger with that kind of appearance could only be bringing bad news. The people crowded around David as he went up to the messenger to get some answers. David had some questions. David, his men, and their families had been back in their home called Ziklag. Remember that we learned King Achish, the king of some of the Philistines, had given David and his men the city of Ziklag to live in. David, his men, and their families had been back in the city of Ziklag for three days. Even though the city had been destroyed by the enemy called the Amalekites, I'm sure that David, his men, and their families were very happy just to be back and to be together again. God had given David's army victory over the enemy called the Amalekites. But now, the people stopped celebrating as they looked at this messenger who just came into their city. The man bowed low before David, and David asked him, Where did you come from? And the man, the messenger, said, I have escaped from Saul's army. David knew that Saul's army, King Saul's army, had been in battle with the Philistines since he and his men had left King Achish. If you remember what we learned about last time, you remember that David and his men were about to go into battle with the Israelites. But the commanders of the Philistine army knew who David was, and they would not allow David to fight against the Israelites. But David knew that battle had happened. And this messenger said that he had been in Saul's army. David was almost afraid to hear the answer to his next question, but he asked the messenger, How have things gone there? The messenger shook his head sadly and said, The Israelite soldiers gave up the battle and ran. Many soldiers were killed. Saul is dead. Jonathan is dead too. Oh, that was terrible news. David was sad when he heard that. As their custom was in a great time of sadness, David and his men tore their clothes, and they were crying. They were weeping for Saul and Jonathan. They fasted until evening, as they were mourning the death of the king and the prince. Fasting means they would not eat. Now that Saul was gone, who would lead the Israelites? David knew he was anointed to be the next king, because God had done that 
to him many, many years ago. Should he gather the army of Israel and declare himself king? David had waited for so long to become king. It would be very easy for David to get impatient for God's right time to work out his will in David's life. Remember that God's will is like God's plan for your life. David could have got impatient and made himself king. David could have chosen not to wait on God's right time. Do you sometimes get impatient waiting for God to work in your life? At times, it might seem like God has forgotten all about you. But you can be sure God has not forgotten about you. If you've called on Jesus as your Savior, you need to wait for God's right time. Maybe you feel God has given you a talent or a job to do something special. Maybe you want to be the leader of your class or the captain of your sports team. Maybe you want to win a special award or contest. If you're not patient to wait for God's right time, you might decide to work out things for yourself. Sometimes we complain when things do not go our way. Sometimes people even cheat or threaten people to get what they want. You might get results that way, but you will not be obeying God's command in 1 Peter 5, 6, where it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Remember, that is a command for those of you who have called on Jesus to save you. God will exalt you or honor you to a place where you can bring glory and honor to God. But you have to be humble and wait. Don't be impatient. Impatient means you don't wait. You're not patient. You want things now. Don't be impatient. Make sure you are patient to wait for God's right time. It would be easy for David to be impatient for God to work out the right time for David to be king. But David had learned some very important lessons in his lifetime. So instead of rushing over to take over the kingdom, David was wise and he humbly talked to God in prayer. David prayed and he asked God, shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? Now the cities of Judah were the southern part of the kingdom of Israel. God answered David and said, go up, go to Hebron. David knew that was God's direction for him. David took his family and all of David's men also came with their families and they left Ziklag. Ziklag was in the land of the Philistines. They left that place and they went back to Israel. They went to Hebron and all of the towns that surrounded it. It was so good for them to finally be back in their homeland of Israel. Not long after they got to Hebron, the leaders of Judah came to David and anointed him as their king. Now Judah was the southern part of Israel. Finally, David wore the crown and the royal robes, but this wasn't exactly what God had promised. Judah was only part of Israel. God had divided the people into 12 different tribes or family groups. So David was king over Judah, which is where one of the tribes lived, the tribe called Judah. But what about the other 11 tribes? They did not join in anointing David as their king. 
David was now king only over one tribe in the southern end of the kingdom. God had promised that David would be the king of all Israel. Did David fuss and complain? Nope, he didn't. Did he try to force the other tribes to accept him as their king? No, David waited on God. David knew that when the time was right, God would keep his promise. Up in Israel, the northern part of the kingdom, Abner, who was the commander of King Saul's army, heard that David had been made king of Judah. The commander of King Saul's army, Abner, still felt a deep desire to follow Saul's family. Abner was against anyone else being king. Since Saul and Jonathan were both dead, Abner decided to make Saul's youngest son the next king of the northern part of Israel, the part called Israel. Saul's youngest son was named Ishbosheth. Now there's two kings. David is the king over Judah. That's the southern part of the kingdom of Israel. And Ishbosheth, Saul's youngest son, was made to be king over the northern part of Israel, the part that's called Israel. This decision divided the people. Could you imagine if someone tried to split the country of Belize into two and put two prime ministers, one over the south and one over the north? That would divide the people, I'm sure. Some people there in Israel and Judah decided to go on David's side, and some of them decided to go on Ishbosheth's side. It caused a terrible war between the tribe of Judah and the other tribes of Israel. Many men lost their lives. As God's people, the Israelites were fighting against each other in this war. During one of those battles, Abner killed the younger brother of Joab. Joab was David's army commander. Ishbosheth, Saul's youngest son, who was the king over Israel, was not a very strong king. In fact, Abner was the one who had made most of the decisions. One day, Ishbosheth and Abner had a serious argument when Ishbosheth accused Abner of planning to take over the kingdom. Abner said to the king, You cannot expect me to do nothing more for you. From now on, I am for David. I will see that he gets the kingdom that God has promised to him. Abner went out and he was never seen by Ishbosheth again. Abner left the king Ishbosheth. And then Abner had a plan and he put it into action. He began visiting some of the tribes of Israel and the leaders of those tribes. And he was encouraging them to join David's side. Abner was very convincing. He told those leaders, in the past, you wanted to make David king. Now, let's make him king over all Israel. For the Lord has said, by the hand of my servant David, I will rescue my people out of the hand of the Philistines and from the power of all their enemies. Abner gave this message to the leaders of the other tribes of Israel. Now, the Philistines were the Israelites' enemies. The Philistines were still being a threat to the Israelites. And because they were still a threat to the Israelites, then what Abner said to the leaders of these tribes was very convincing. Abner's words made the people think. And soon, the other tribes, they agreed with Abner that David should be the king over all of them. 
Abner then went over to Hebron, the place where David was. Abner went to see David, and at a great feast that David made for him, Abner made a promise to King David. And Abner told him, I will bring all Israel here to you, my master, the king. Then you can reign over all that your heart desires. You may be king over the whole nation. When Abner left, he and David were friends. David must have thought a lot about what Abner said, but how could it be? Ishbosheth, Saul's youngest son, was still king over the northern part of Israel. He was Saul's son, and David would never kill anyone from King Saul's family. David continued to wait for God to work out his plan. Soon after Abner left, David's commander named Joab arrived. Now Joab had been away at a battle, but Joab learned that Abner had been there to meet with David, and that they had a feast and they became friends, and that made Joab very angry. Joab maybe felt jealous and a little concerned that Abner might take his place as the commander of the army. Joab was also still angry at Abner, because remember, Abner had killed Joab's younger brother in a battle. Joab asked David, what have you done? Abner was here and you sent him away in peace. You know he came here to trick you. He came just to spy on you. Joab was so angry, he turned and left David. And without David knowing, Joab sent messengers to find Abner and bring him back. When he came back, Joab took Abner aside into a private area. And Joab killed Abner. Sinful jealousy and a desire for revenge had taken over Joab. He became a murderer. That's the terrible power that sin can have over a person's mind and actions. Did you know that you are born under the power of sin? God's word says, for all have sinned. Sin's power is so big that if you do not have God's help, sin can take over your mind and actions and cause you to break God's laws in many different ways. When you think unkind thoughts about someone or say hurtful things or hit someone in anger, you are sinning. God is not that way. God is holy. That means he's completely without sin. God hates your sin because it keeps you away from him. But in God's love for you, God made a way for your sin to be forgiven. His perfect son, the Lord Jesus, came and died on the cross. He could take the painful punishment for your sin because he had never done anything wrong himself. Jesus is perfect. He gave his own blood to pay for the wrong things you've done. The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Jesus Christ, God's perfect son, gave his blood to cleanse you from your sin. After Jesus died on the cross, Jesus' body was placed in a tomb, but on the third day after he came to life again, and he proved that God accepted his payment for sin. God was satisfied with what Jesus did for your sin. By calling on Jesus as your Savior, you can be free from the power of sin under which you were born. Sin no longer has to control your mind and actions, but Joab's mind was being controlled by sin of jealousy and revenge, and he became a murderer. He killed Abner. David was so sad when he learned that Abner had died. 
He and the people showed great sorrow, and they buried Abner right there in Hebron where David lived. A short time later, David was very sad again. He was grieving again because King Ishbosheth, remember the king of the northern part of the kingdom, had been killed by two of his own soldiers. David was sad. This was Saul's last son, his youngest son, and now he had been killed by two of his soldiers. After Ishbosheth died, people from every tribe of Israel began to arrive in Hebron, and they said, We believe in you, David. Even when Saul was king, it was you who led Israel. They wanted David to be their king, to be the king of all Israel. Seven and a half years after Saul died, the time had finally come for David to be king over the entire country of Israel. David had been just a young man when Samuel first came to him and anointed him as king. And now David was 30 years old. David had waited on God. David was humble before God. And David trusted God to work out God's plan in his life. It may have taken a long time. Seven and a half years isn't like tomorrow. It takes a long time. But David waited on God's right time. It might take a long time, but as you humbly wait for God's right time, he will work out his plan for you too. If you've called on Jesus as your savior, you need to wait for God to use you. Stop that desire to run ahead and do things for yourself. Remember what our memory verse says? 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. 1 Peter 5, 6. Instead of trying to show others how good you are, do this. See yourself like God sees you. Listen to God. Trust him. When you do that, God promises he will exalt you when it's the right time. That means he will honor you. He will exalt you when it's the right time. You don't get to decide when it's the right time. God does. Let God decide when and if it's the right time for you to be the captain of your sports team or for you to be the leader of your class. Let God choose the right time. Let God choose when and how you receive an award or win a contest. When you trust God to work as you humbly wait, you will bring glory to God because others will see that. You can ask God to help you be patient and help you be humble because those things, it's easier for me to say it than it is for you to do it. You and I need to ask God to be patient and for God to help us be humble. Tell God thank you that he's at work in your life, and you can bring glory to God. It might take a long time, but God will work out his plan as you trust him and as you wait on him. And David had waited for God's right time to work out God's plan in his life. As the elders of Israel gathered around, David kneeled down, and he was anointed with oil. For the third time he was anointed in God's perfect time. David was finally made king over all of Israel. The people rejoiced. They feasted and they celebrated for three days to honor their new king, David. Now that David was the leader of all Israel, 
He wanted to make his capital city in a city that would be central to the whole kingdom. He chose the city called Jerusalem. An enemy army had control of Jerusalem, but God helped David's army capture the city, and David had a fine palace built there in Jerusalem. The Bible says David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel, and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Because David had waited for God's time, God exalted David, just like our memory verse says. God will exalt you too if you humbly wait for God's right time. You can trust God to work in your life if you've called Jesus to save you. Will you wait for God's right time? Remember what the memory verse says. 1 Peter 5, 6 Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. 1 Peter 5, 6 If you find yourself getting impatient for God to work, you can ask God to give you patience and ask him to help you be humble and wait for him. When God does choose to exalt you, don't forget to tell God thank you. Every time you see a clock or a watch or you see the time on your phone, remember to humbly wait for God's right time to use you. If you've never called on Jesus to be your Savior, this is God's right time for you to do that. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe today you have realized that you have sinned against God. You need to admit to God that you have sinned and realize your sin keeps you separated from Him. You must believe with all your heart that the Lord Jesus died on the cross as the only way your sin can be forgiven. Then you can call on Jesus and tell Him you want Him to be your Savior. He will save you from sin's punishment. Will you call on Jesus and be saved from the punishment of your sin? You can tell Jesus something like this and truly mean it if you're ready to call on him to be your Savior. Dear Jesus, I have sinned and I am sorry. I believe you died and rose again. I am calling on you to save me from my sin. Please change me on the inside to live your way with your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Calling on Jesus to be your Savior is the most important decision you could ever make. No one else can make that choice for you. You have to make that choice. You have to make that decision for yourself. To call on Jesus to save you from the punishment of your sin. Your sin is your biggest problem, and Jesus is the only one who can help you with that problem and forgive your sin. Well, that's all for this time. I'll see you next time. Bye!